Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Meet Calvin. Hi. Calvin won 50 bucks off his roommate. That's because Calvin has the iHeartRadio app. iHeartRadio. Which he used to make a pasta song playlist. I'm a genioki. Calvin blasted this on repeat after betting his roommate couldn't complete a four-day juice cleanse. Oh, I can. The song Proper Papardelle pushed him over the edge. Mm, I love carbs. Good thing Calvin is one of millions with the iHeartRadio app. Download it today and get paid to ruin your roommate's stupid cleanse. Like Calvin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Lineup with Dave Prodan. I'm Dave Prodan, and this is episode 165. We have arrived. This is the week the world title-deciding Rip Curl WSL Finals commences its waiting period this Friday on September 8th, and will feature the best surfers of the season in a linear progression format competing for the WSL title. On the women's side, match one will see Caitlin Simmers versus Molly Picklam. The winner will take on Caroline Marks in match two. The winner of match two will face Tyler Wright in match three. And the winner of match three will take on Carissa Moore in a best two out of three series for the 2023 women's world title. On the men's side, match one will feature Jack Robinson versus Zhao Xianka. The winner will face Ethan Ewing in match two. The winner of match two will take on Griffin Colapinto in match three. The winner of match three will face Felipe Toledo in a best two out of three series for this year's men's world title. The Rip Curl WSL Finals will be broadcast live at worldsurfleague.com and the WSL app. All of it going down at lower trestles in the coming weeks. Do not miss it. All right, episode 165. Today's guest is someone who, outside of the WSL Final Five competitors themselves, likely has the closest insights into the minds and approaches of the best surfers of the season on the eve of the world title showdown. With a brother seated number two in the world, he'll be there, part of a hometown push for the WSL crown that we've likely never seen before. And this young man is hunting greatness himself, one of the consensus prospects coming out of the North American region. He's currently ranked third on the Challenger Series with an eye to join his brother and the rest of the world on the Elite Tour as soon as 2024. We talk about all this and more. Please enjoy the lineups conversation with San Clemente's Crosby Colapinto. The good old clap, take one. That's right. How many of you knew what you wanted to be when you were seven years old? I did. I wanted to be a world champion. Hey, is there honesty involved in this podcast? Can we be honest? We can shut your lips. And then I'll just say, put them up once. Let's go. He's like, you look too pretty on the wave. Get ugly. We can talk about DMT if you want. I you boxing. All right, the lineup is back, and today we are talking to the 2023 WSL North American Regional Champ, which includes his win earlier this year at the Barbados Surf Pro, someone who is currently ranked number three 
on the men's challenger series after a runner-up finish at the Wallex US Open of Surfing presented by Pacifico with two more CS events to go before the season's over and eyeing a spot on the elite championship tour in 2024 where he could potentially be joining his older brother Griffin who is going to compete for the world title in the upcoming Rip Curl WSL finals. San Clemente's very own Crosby Colapinto. Crosby, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, Dave. So thank you. Now, I understand you've been uh, doing a bit of traveling, and so we really appreciate you making the time. But, well, first things first, you know, how are you doing? Where are you today? Who are you hanging out with? Uh, I'm doing great. I just got back from Indo yesterday, and I just jumped straight into the mix, had a little golf session with Griffin and a couple other buddies. So, um, I'm, I'm happy to be home and I'm, I'm looking forward to these next couple of weeks of just like watching Griffin prepare for the final five. It's pretty exciting. So I'm assuming you as an up and coming, you know, professional surfer, you got a bevy of sponsors, Indonesia. What is that? Just explain that for the, the listeners. Um, because obviously it's a Mecca for, for, for professional surfers. You can get a lot done. Are you out there training? Are you out there getting video parts? What was the purpose of this particular trip? Yeah, it was, uh, it's nice. Cause we had like a, we have like a month and a half break for, uh, before the next challengers. So it was kind of like Cade, Jet, Cole, Brody sale, myself, we all went out there kind of just, to get clips and work on our surfing. And it was kind of a perfect time to just go on a surf trip and kind of like freshen up our surfing because, you know, when you're getting that contest mode, you kind of get like stuck in surfing and contest mode a lot around the contest. So it was nice to just like go on a free surf trip and just like send yourself on sections and go for airs and not really like try to focus on like putting together a wave and just mm -hmm. trying to like land airs and work on new turns that, you know, will look good on the tour potentially when you make it. So, so kind of just going on a f trip just to like kind of free your surfing up and work on stuff. And, and then we're also filming for like a, a movie that brothers been working on with all the San Clemente guys. It's going to be like a 2% movie. So kind of just going there and trying to get clips for that was like kind of the whole reason. And um, yeah, we surfed for like 10 days straight, blew ourselves out, just like so sunburned. My lip felt like it was falling off. <laughs> I'm curious too, like, cause you know, transitioning from that environment where it's warm water, the waves are good. You're pushing yourself. You know, I think a lot of surfers, they, they feel like their surfing gets so, so sharp when they have those kinds of trips and then they come home and even sort of speaking personally, it's like, Oh, I want to see how I'm surfing like at home, like right now, mm. like day one, other surfers are like, it's a huge shift. I need to, I need to kind of calibrate for a few days before I get back in the routine. How do you kind of treat that? And how have you treated it this trip? Are you just straight back out in the water the day you get home or do you need a little bit of time to, to process the change? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm kind of cruising cause we surf so much now, now I'm home and we have like, I told myself I'm probably not going to surf for like five days and just kind of like let my body rest. And then I went, like I, I landed in the morning yesterday and I went like straight into golfing and I kind of blew my back out <laughs> yesterday. So, so yeah, I'm just going to be resting for the next couple of days, but it's, it's definitely cool. Like when you go on a trip like that and you go surf waves that are kind of a lot different from California, cause California is so like slopey and mushy and especially lowers is such a, like a playful wave. And over mm. there, it's kind of more like heavier water, like deeper ocean kind of vibes. So when you get home, you kind of, you get back here and you can feel that your surfing has improved. Like you start 
the waves just feel more playful and you're like you feel like you can't can push as hard as you can with like the waves over here so it's it's really nice like going on trips and then coming home and you can feel your surfing kind of improve by a lot i'm glad you brought that up because i do think that that's something that every surfer can relate to obviously like radical degrees of difference but you know, everyone kind of has their day in, day out spot. And, and that varies depending on where you're at. It might be pumping every day. It might be huge and scary. It might just be, as you point out, it might be Southern California. And then going away and pushing yourself in more critical waves or even having like a session in bigger waves. Do you feel like your confidence goes up when you come home and you're like, I'm less intimidated by this section or I'm less intimidated about really pushing this maneuver in this kind of a section because I've kind of shifted my, my comfort level in, in more extreme waves. Have you found that true for yourself? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, Hawaii is like a perfect mm. example of that. Like when you go to Hawaii, you're, you get there in the first couple of days, you really have to like adapt and adjust to the, the ocean there. Cause it's so powerful and you're, you could be on like a two foot wave there and you're going to hit a lip and the lip can just like send you like just, it'll just like push your board down. Like it's, you're really like going with the ocean there kind of and letting the wave. you're like just riding the wave and letting mm -hmm. the wave kind of push you where here you kind of have to like generate your own speed. So whenever I come back from Hawaii, it's like really noticeable because it's just like two different types of oceans. Right. And, and it just like, yeah, you just, when you're there, you're just feeling like you, like you kind of want to like, when I'm there, I'm trying to like treat the waves like they're kind of here, but it's also like kind of scary doing that because of the lips and, and the water is so heavy and like thick. Mm. So and then when I come home, it just feels like I go out to lowers and I feel like I can just like push through any lip. So it's like really nice to go from Hawaii to here or from Indo to here because then you come home and you're like, oh, this is a playground compared to there. Does anything translate the other way? Like, do you, are is there any advantages for you, you know, surfing at home, you know, T street or the other beach breaks or lower trestles, and then you go to Hawaii. Do you think there's any advantage? Like maybe, maybe you just kind of get those technical aspects of your surfing ironed out in a relatively safe environment. And then you can apply that to bigger waves. I'm not sure if it does. I'm just curious if you find advantages of, you know, growing up and surfing in San Clemente and then applying that to somewhere like Hawaii. Yeah, I, I mean, I think like growing up in San Clemente and being able to surf lowers every day in the summertime, I think that's helped out everyone from San Clemente surfing with the technique wise, you know, like I, I think because it's kind of a slower wave and you have time to think about what type of turn you're going to do mm. when like when you're in somewhere like Hawaii or Indo, you're kind of you kind of have to be like on the spot and you sometimes can't think as much on the wave. So I, I think for lowers, it's like you're really able to think and kind of work on your surfing and get your technique down. And then, and so I think that helps out with like, when you go travel to other places like Indo or Hawaii or Europe or something like that. So then your technique is down and then you're already on the wave and it's kind of like already in your surfing. So it's like, you can, you can do it without really thinking, but I don't think I, th yeah, I just, I don't really think that when you're, when you're surfing here, it's like you go there and you're going to be surfing better. I think it takes a little bit of time mm. to like adjust to the different types of oceans. Makes a ton of sense. Well, yeah. 2023 has been a huge year for San Clemente. It's been a huge year for the Colapinto brothers. We're going to dive deeper into to your year here in the, the next segment. But you brought up your brother Griffin. He finished the regular CT season ranked number two in the world. 
and he's mm -hmm. heading into the Rip Curl WSL finals this coming week at Lower Trestles. You know, as someone who grew up with Griffin, how does it feel for you knowing that your brother is in, in contention for the world title and it could happen here in the next couple of weeks? Oh, it's insane. I'm so, I'm, I'm just, I'm really happy for him. Like, it's like, just like, so, so stoked for him to be at this moment and be second right now. Cause the last two years I watched him like just barely get snipped out, mm. you know, like, and then even like last year was like such a, such a like sad story, but it was like, it almost like he had to go through that to get to where he is now. So it was like, there's always, it's everything happening for a reason, but it's, it's really cool to watch him to see where he's come and like see him now he's sitting second and he's here getting ready for the contest. And, and I think it's just cool. Cause I, I get to watch like the whole inside scoop of it and see every little thing that he does and all the time and effort that he puts into like training and working on his surfing. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm really excited to watch it and, and just be like firsthand right here and watch how he gets ready for it. So I'm, yeah, I'm frothing. <laughs> well, the world title event, it's going down in, you know, the town that raised you guys in San Clemente. And so I'm sure we're going to see just a huge amount of support on the beach and online and just all over town that week for Griffin. I'm sure that comes with its own kind of pressure, but even beyond that, you know, the last Californian to actually hold the world title was Tom Curran when he won his third world title in 1990. So it's been 33 years since California has had a world uh, champion. Do, yeah. Does any of that pressure kind of seep in for Griffin that you've seen, you know, or do you guys even talk about that kind of stuff? Mm, I actually, I was actually talking to him a little bit about it yesterday and like asking him like what it's kind of feeling like. And, and like, I kind of asked him like, how does it feel like you're going for a world title right now? Like, this is like your dream ever since you're, we were like super young. And he was like, yeah, I'm not really tripping because this is kind of what I expected my yeah. whole life. And I kind of knew I was going to be here. So like, I'm, he like, he wasn't really like, he's not really like too tripped out by it because it's like, he always knew in his head, like, this is where he wanted to be. So it's like, almost feels like it's normal. So I think that mindset going into it is, is huge because he's not like, Oh my God, I'm going for a world title. Like all this like pressure, all this noise. And like, Oh my gosh, like, look at me, all this focus on him. I think he's just like, he's almost thought about it so much that it's like, okay, like we're here, I'm ready. And like, let's do this thing. Let's, let's get a dub. <laughs> if you were not Griffin's brother, if you were an independent, unaffiliated objective surfing analyst and you looked at mm -hmm. the current top five right you've got felipe griffin ethan Zhao, and jack mm -hmm. what would you say are griffin's sort of weapons or strengths at lower trestles that would stand out amongst that field yeah well and i'm like growing up i'm i'm just like a one of the boys like growing up in san Clemente, still like watched them yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, like okay. if you had all that yeah. experience of you've seen him surf the whole time, you know exactly what he surfs like and you're going, these things he can use to his advantage. I would be like, holy shit, this guy might win a world title. Like this guy's if like I think that if anyone is gonna beat Philippe, like I think it could be Griffin. I'm not just saying that because he's my brother, like from another standpoint, but I've seen him surf lowers and like 
he I think I think that he's personally one of the better surfers to surf lowers. Like his approach to it and his lines, like some of the clips that I've seen him surf out there and, and watching him in person, it's just like he has like a whole different ap- approach to the wave than anyone else. You know, like I feel and then he can do radical maneuvers on like critical parts of the wave and do stuff that he'll do like crazy airs and land and like go with speed. And I think like him and Philippe are both like that gnarly and both at that like same level, you know? And I think Griffin's just grown up surfing the wave. So it's like, it's just like he could close his eyes and, and surf the wave is what it looks like. I like it. Yeah. Obviously you're part of kind of Griffin's inner circle, inner sanctum of, of support. Mm-hmm. But have you had any other conversations with like San Clemente has such a strong surfing community. And then beyond that, there's just a ton of town pride, even for people that don't surf that have you, have you guys talked about what it's going to look like on the beach? Is there any planning or coordinating in terms of like, we're going to get this spot marked out for all the fans. We're bringing this stuff down. It's going to be 200 people, whatever it is. Have you guys had any of those conversations or are you guys just, you personally are keeping it real tight with Griffin? Um, we haven't had too many conversations. I haven't had like that really talk with Griffin yet, but I was, I've been talking to brother and, and he's like, he he's like, he's like getting ready for it. He's like, this is going to be crazy. Like he already lined up like a little premiere that they're going to show Griffin's like, uh, little part for the 2% at it. And that part's just Griffin strictly at lowers. So we're going to do that. And then brother made like a thousand t-shirts, I think. So he's going to have that. And I know Griffin's sponsors are making t-shirts. So the whole beat, I feel like the whole beach is going to be like in a certain color, kind of having like that has a go Griff shirt on. And so it's going to be, it's going to be pretty exciting. Cause you know, the Brazilians are passionate and they're always rolling in a storm. So it's going to be their storm, maybe some Australians. And then I think, um, San Clemente storm is going to be pretty solid. <laughs> I like it. Well, the Rip Curl WSL finals window is going to open on September 8th. For our listeners out there, you can watch it live on worldsurfleague.com, YouTube, or the WSL app. We're going to take a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors. And when we come back, we are going to dig into the life and times of Crosby Colapinto. We'll be right back. WSLstore.com is powered by Shopify. We love the analytics we can check on the go. A lot of us are addicted to checking the Shopify app on our phones. We also love the automations and marketing integrations with our social and YouTube channels. It has incredible features to help us manage our global audience, including international taxation support and great shipping optionality. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US, and Shopify is the global force behind 
Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lineup, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lineup now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash lineup. Hey, I hear you think podcasts are all about true crime, huh? Well, wise guy, the iHeartRadio app's got all kinds of podcasts. We got stuff you should know and stuff they don't want you to know. We got Bobby Bones, Big Boy, and Lou Later. We got SpongeBob Binge Pants and Exotic Erotic Storytime. We got Doughboys, Two Dudes in a Kitchen, Green Eggs and Dan. Hey, we got ElfQuest. We got podcasts for everything on the iHeartRadio app for free. If you don't download that, well, that's not just a true crime, my friend. That's criminal. All right, we are back. This is the lineup. We are here with Crosby Colapinto. Crosby, before the break, we broke down Griffin and his upcoming world title run at the Rip Curl WSL Finals that we're all going to watch here in just a few days. But let's bring it back to you guys growing up. You guys are born and raised in San Clemente. What was what was life like growing up? What did mom and dad do? And, and, and how did you guys get into surfing? How did you specifically get into surfing? Um, yeah, growing up in San Clemente is like the dream place to grow up because it's such a surfing train or like such a surf town, you know, and like everyone's surfing around here and you have so many people to look up to. You got Archie, Dino, the Gudowskis brother and like the list goes on and on. And I felt like it just like keeps going from like, there's just like the crew here, a crew here, a crew here, and it, it just goes all the way down. So it's like every single generation has someone to look up to. And I feel like that's huge for San Clemente kind of carrying on the surfing legacy. Um, so I think that's really cool. But growing up, my my parents had a surf camp down at Pochi Beach. So that's kind of how Griffin and I got into surfing. My dad's been surfing his whole life. So, so yeah, just going to the surf camp every day in the summertime and just being down at the beach all day, just being full beach rats has really like led us into surfing. And then my mom's always been kind of like, she's not really a surfer, but she's always had like a, she's pretty smart with how she thinks. And she's always been able to kind of like tell us to work. Like she's always been able to watch surfing and watch our surfing and tell us to like work on things. Hmm. And she was always like somehow right. And we never really understood why, because she doesn't surf. So she'd always like tell us to work on stuff. And we'd kind of get mad because we're like, mom, you don't know. But then at the end of the day, we'd go work on it and it would actually look better. And she'd be <laughs> right. So it was kind of cool, like having her. And then my dad was always just like the happy surf stoked dad. And he was always, he, my dad like loves surfing more than anyone. And, and he, he'll surf just as much as Griffin and I, he's like, a, he's like a pretty much a bigger version of like, a, just a, he's just a grom. Like he's a, a surf stoke grom that's 55 <laughs> so he's grown up like taking us to every event both my my parents have took us to like every nssa every like wsa prime like every single weekend so it was really cool that they were like all in on us because you know thinking about it now like if they could easily 
not have taken us to any of those events because they didn't want to, but like every single, every single weekend they gave up their weekends to take Griffin and I to these events. And I think like being able to do those events and have those events build like a fire in us mm. for competing and surfing. It's just like, you know, I'm so grateful for both my parents to be able to do that. And, and without them doing that, like maybe Griffin and I wouldn't be where we're at today. It's a good point. You know, last week we talked to uh, Jimmy Medico, who was a photographer in Santa Barbara in the 80s. And he kind of was there mm. when things switched from the twin fin to the thruster and like got in with Tom Curran when Tom was really young. And he talked so much about how Tom's mom, Janine, was like the ultimate surf mom, was like drove him up and down the coast, would drive him to Texas to contests. And he, mm -hmm. it was interesting because it's like, I think for a lot of younger surfers, they kind of imagine Tom as this like mysterious figure who came out of, you know, Santa Barbara and then won three world titles and did the search films and then, va you know, vanished kind of thing. But it was like that support in the beginning was so huge. And it sounds like you and Griffin, you know, enjoyed the same from your mom and dad. Yeah. 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 Super grateful for everything that they did for us. Like it's, it's yeah it's cool to like really like think about it now and be like oh wow like they literally would give up every single weekend just for us to go and compete in these contests that felt like at the time they mean like everything and now that we're older we look back and we're like oh wow like those nssas feel felt like they're just as important as like competing for Griffin in like a CT or even for me competing in like the challengers, like they felt like the same amount of like pressure, you know? Right. You know, the, the sibling dynamic at this really elite level of surfing is, is one we've had a really close look at for a while, whether it was, you know, the Irons brothers or the Lopez brothers or the Hobgoods, the Pupos, the Coffins, the Malloys, the Godowskis brothers, you and Griffin mm -hmm. coming up through the NSSA is like, how did, did you, did you guys feed off of each other? Was there ever any tension for you personally? Did you think, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something else. I'm, I'm curious to know what it was like for you coming up. And if you were aware that you had sort of an in-family sparring partner that a lot of other kids probably didn't. Yeah, it was, it's kind of a funny like dynamic because Griffin's three years older than me. So we're always like super competitive and everything that we did kind of like outside of surfing with like board games to other kinds of sports we're playing in the streets and 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 just like making little contests out of like who can finish their ice cream the last like who can make it last longer or like who can get down the street quicker on a skateboard or who can get to the house quicker like we would be super competitive with all those games but when it came to surfing when i was younger i was never really too like I was never really too into it like he was at like a younger age. And then, but I hated losing in contests. So I, like I hated it. And I remember clearly I, there was like a U.S. champs. So I think I was like 13 years old or 12 years old and I lost. And I remember being so bummed and Griffin came up to me after and he was like, he was like, look, if you want to, if you want to start making more heats and you actually want to make it in surfing, like you got to, you got to start surfing way more like, and then he compared me or he compared me to this other kid was like, look at this kid. He's, he's been surfing every day for like four or five hours every day and look how much better he got. And then that kind of, I think that was like something that was like huge for me. Cause it kind of clicked in my head and I was like, okay. And then that whole summer, I remember just surfing like for like that whole year straight. I like surf for like 
every day. I made sure every day I would surf for like four hours, even if it was like blown out and <laughs> tiny. Like I was making sure to surf for four hours no matter what. And then, and I was all psyched on that. And I remember that summer, like I started improving a lot and then I could, I had noticed it and felt it. And then I like, that's kind of when I started doing better in contests and I started kind of like getting fired up. And, and that was like, that was honestly like a special moment. Cause Griffin, that was when Griffin kind of like took like the mentor role on me. And then mm. that was the first time I like really listened. And I think he saw that I listened and then, and then he kind of carried that over with like kind of my whole career. So my whole like younger average, like amateur career from like then on, he's always kind of been like a coach to me. That's really interesting. Do you ever provide feedback the other way? Do you give, do you give him kind of notes and feedback on his surfing or his approach to heats? Yeah, it's kind of, it's funny now. Cause it's like, it, it's that three years like apart. So I'm never really like, he always kind of knows more than me, but mm. now that I'm getting older and I'm kind of starting to come into my own, um, we kind of just have like feedback with each other. And like, if I see something in his surfing, then I'll like tell him and he's usually telling me everything. And so it's, it's kind of cool. Like now that I'm getting older, I'm kind of like starting to like break things, break things down a little bit more. And like, I'll see my, I'll see things my own way and he'll see things his way. So it's, it's kind of cool to have both our opinions, but he, um, but it's definitely not like he's telling me more than I would tell him. Right. You know, you mentioned before that when we talked about, you know, is Griffin feeling any of the pressure and you said no. And his response was something to the effect of he's been thinking about this pretty much his whole life. And he's probably ran mm -hmm. it through his head for decades at this point. So it feels normal that it's like actualized when it comes to yourself you know, was there a moment for you where you're like, yeah, I want to be a pro surfer or was it just something that felt more organic, um, you know, on your kind of like, you know, pathway to this point? Um, and, and if not, did you ever imagine yourself doing something differently? Um, it was kind of like, you know, when you're just, you're just young and, and you don't even really know like wh what's going on in the world. You don't even really like think about the future or anything. So I think when I was younger, I wasn't really even like thinking I was just having fun, like surfing with buddies and playing in the street. And, and then I think I got to around like 14, 15, 16, kind of like around that age where I started kind of like being like winning contests at us champs. And that's kind of when I was like, okay, like I want to, I want to be a pro surfer and make the tour. And so I think right around that age is when I started to like really know that I wanted to do that. That's interesting. You know, I've um, been at the ASP WSL for 18 years. And so when I started, it was all North America stuff. I got to go to all the pro juniors, all the QS events and really had my fingers on the pulse in terms of like, we got to identify that person and this person. And then, mm -hmm. you know, over the years started moving more internationally and then just doing other stuff at the company. So a little bit distanced from what's happening on the ground at these events over the last few years. And so I would ask, I'm like, well, like, man, you know, especially with the rise of the Brazilian storm and kind of this resurrection of Australian talent with Ryan and Ethan and Jack and the like, Connor and, and Liam, um, on the men's side, I'm like, well, where are the Americans? You know, like, well, like yeah. who, who's next? And yeah, ask everyone, ask, you know, agents and team managers and sponsors and journalists and da, da, da. And not to blow you up, but certainly for the last three years, 
every single person said Crosby Colapinto, Crosby Colapinto, Crosby. You get to wait for Crosby. He's going to be even better than his brother. And as someone who's been doing this for this long, it's like, okay, I'm going to calibrate this a little bit because there's always kind of a sibling bump where it's like, yeah, maybe they're good. Maybe it's just because the last name or whatever, but you seem like you have delivered in force really with your own surfing. And it feels like your own surfing's taken huge leaps in a really short amount of time, like in the last two years, just watching kind of YouTube clips and past contests. What do you think, what do you think has caused that? Do you think it's like a getting bigger physically? Have you been working on different things, sharpening your boards? And I guess to round all that out, have you noticed your own surfing change kind of radically in the last couple of years? Oh, well, thank you. And, um, yeah, I think, I think like, I had a real funny like time period because I felt like when I was in pro juniors, I was my my mind was still young and I mm. still wasn't thinking as much as like and I was still kind of like not that great of a surfer and still people didn't really know me, so I felt like I had nothing to lose kind of. Mm. And I started winning pro juniors and I was like, oh, this is sick. And then I hopped on the QS and then I was like, kind of getting smoked and then. <laughs> kind of COVID hit and I was able to uh, go on some free surf trips mm. and brother invited me on that reckless isolation trip. So I got to sure. improve my surfing a lot in those couple of years of COVID. And then I came back into surfing QSs and I just was getting absolutely waxed because I was on like so many, like I just forgot about contests for two years and I came back and, and then I started doing like these contests and losing. And then I had all these thoughts and my mind was kind of scrambled. And I was kind of just had like, everyone was started to have like expectations out there that I was like going to qualify right away. And, and then I started like kind of letting those expectations carry on me. And I kind of was making it, it was like kind of weighing me down a little bit. And I, I, was, I it would definitely like play into my head, but so then I, kind of started I kept losing and I was going I was just thinking like what's going on like I can't figure out how to make a heat right now like and then I'd work on my surfing when I'd think that I needed to work on something for a contest and still run drills and then I would go and lose another event and I just it was kind of just felt like I was a little bit in a hole and I was just kind of like what's going on like you know I'd be in heats that I know for myself I should be making these these heats but I'll just lose because mm. I think my mind wasn't in the right spot and i think i was letting these ex expectations of myself kind of like weigh me down a little bit and then i finally kind of realized like why i was losing so much and and you know like every time i lost it felt like there was like something i needed to do but like i don't think i was seeing it and then finally i was like mm -hmm. okay like i know my surfing's there is sur my surfing's good enough to make it and I think maybe the one thing that's holding me back right now is my mental. Hmm. So then, so kind of like this year, this last year, I've been working with Troy Eckert on, on kind of mental and not only just for like contests, but just for life, just for like life in general. So, and I think as soon as I started doing that and kind of looking at life differently and you know, going into contests with like a calm mind and, and figuring out what works for me is that's kind of when, when I started like make heats and, and that's kind of like just this year, I just figured this out and, and being able to do the regionals and starting to like make heats there is, is how I kind of was able to like start a formula for what works for me and, and just working on my mental and just trying to calm 
have like a calm state of mind for all these heats. And then it, it started working out. So now I'm all in on the mental stuff. You know, it's so, it's so interesting to hear you talk about that because surfing, unlike so many other sports, is really unique because, mm. you know, if you're in the NFL or the NBA, the field of play is static. You know, the field and the court, they're the same everywhere you go. So if you're a football player or a basketball player, you can train your body, you can train your mind, and you go in knowing that there's that stability every time you compete. That doesn't exist in surfing. You know, you could be the strongest, fastest, most talented surfer, but if you're brain and your body aren't tuned into the rhythms of the ocean, you could still lose. So it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about that with someone like Troy Eckert in your corner. You know, another group of folks that are in your corner, you've been with Rip Curl for a period of time. And that is a, a organization that have been around for so long. They've produced so many world champions and so many great free surfers. And it sounds like in your young career already, you've, you've had access to both. Can, can you talk a little bit about being a part of the Rip Curl program and how that shaped your surfing? Oh, yeah. I'm so grateful to be on Rip Curl. And like, I've been on them since I was eight years old. So that's, that's a long time. And it's pretty crazy, too, to even think I was sponsored at eight years old because I look at eight-year-olds now and I was like, why the hell was I sponsored at that age? <laughs> you know? Um, but, but, yeah, just that I'm on that team and, and they got the house in Hawaii. So just being able to go over there and hang out with Gabriel and Nick and Owen and all those guys and be able to watch world titles go down and watch how Gabriel prepares for a world title has been like pretty insane to be able to do that. And then being able to hang out with Mick Fanning, who's just like been my idol ever since I was 10 years old, which is like, that was just always crazy. And then I, they put me on a couple of trips with him. So just being able to do that is insane. And just be around those guys and be around that energy is just really special. And, and I think Rip Curl's a great company to be on just because they're so into surfing and they're so into like contest surfing too. For sure. You know, San Clemente has long been home to some of the most influential and high performance board builders in history, you know, and, and the names are, are endless, you know, Midget mm -hmm. Smith, Timmy Patterson, Cole Simler, and, you know, another group that has been a big supporter of yours for a while is Matt Biolis and, and Mayhem Surfboards, you know, and mm -hmm. Mayhem, they, they recently uh, won Visla CT Shaper of the Year, which was a ranking we were doing throughout the year, measuring performance amongst the men's and women's. Uh, they weren't the biggest program on tour, but they had the most effective results and, and they've won the inaugural CT Shaper of the Year award. Did you follow that personally? And did you guys talk about it on the Mayhem side of things? Obviously your brother was a big contributor to that win. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, it's cool that they did that. Cause I felt like last year, everyone was like sharp eye, sharp eye, sharp eye. And like, obviously sharp eye is gnarly. Like a lot of the guys who are writing the boards are surfing so great and everyone's ripping on their boards too. But then they did the shapers thing and then mayhem like came in and kind of like did really well and won kind of by a lot. So it was, it was pretty cool. And, and then just being on mayhems is like insane. Cause all I got to do is throw some boards in the back of the truck and, and drive five minutes down the road and I'm in Matt's shop talking story with him and ordering boards. So it's really cool to have him as a shaper in San Clemente and he's such a great shaper and, and just going down into the kind of the surfboard ghetto, you go down there and you just get hit with like a wave of like this core surf community. And you're like, 
oh, this is, you know, you can tell it's been around for a while and it's seen a lot of stuff and, and it's cool to go down there and see all those shapers like in one small little area. And they're probably kind of got the same vibe as all this, everyone in San Clemente growing up pushing each other, you know, they have everyone right. so good at shaping that they're probably just throwing ideas off each other and that probably makes them who they are and why, you know, they're so good at making surfboards. It's one of my favorite questions to ask, you know, surfers at, at high levels like yourself, but you know, what kind of quiver guy are you? Because they kind of fall into two general camps, you know, on, in the first camp, it's like, oh no, I, I only order my one model with minor variations because I want to keep that weapon as sharp as possible in all conditions. And then the other camp is like, yeah, I've got my Ferraris, but then I'll also have, you know, a fish or a quad or whatever. Like, you know, where do you fall on the spectrum of like, you know, week in, week out quiver usage? Um, yeah, I'm kind of the first one. Like we're always kind of like modifying the, the magic board, you know, and if I think something, we could add something, then we put a little something else in it and spice it up a little bit. So I'm always kind of doing that. But then Matt has so many like fun boards that, I always have a couple fun boards in the quiver too. So if the waves are like small and kind of fun and I want to kind of mix it up in my surfing and kind of spice up my surfing with some like a uh, five, five little fish, I'll ride that and, you know, have a new little look, but, but yeah, it just, I don't know, riding, I love riding shortboards and I, I love just like surfing on a shortboard. So I'm kind of like, yeah, just stick into the magic board. <laughs> Love it. We got a couple more topics to get to as well as our listener questions. We're going to take one more break to get a word in from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Manduka was founded in 1997 with the simple idea that a better yoga mat could make a world of difference. For generations, Manduka has revolutionized the yoga space by providing purposely crafted products that enable a more joyful practice, whatever that looks like for you. The collaboration between Manduka and Jerry Lopez honors Jerry's profound dedication to both surfing and yoga disciplines. The limited edition collection showcases Jerry's signature camouflage print inspired by his surfboards. It fuses his iconic surf style with Manduka's commitment to quality and sustainability, offering everyone a unique expression of their practice. We all know that having the right gear is essential and a yoga mat is no different. Feel the benefits of yoga with Manduka's soulfully engineered, eco-friendly products designed to inspire your practice wherever you go. The Manduka and Jerry Lopez collection want to inspire you to practice yoga however you choose to. And from now until June 10th, you will get 15% off of all products when you visit manduka.com with the code THELINEUP15. That's manduka.com, code THELINEUP1515.
So a, a couple of years ago, we went through the tours and competition redesign, right? Where we used to have the CT and then the QS, which had all these different tiers within the QS. And it was a global system. You know, if you wanted to qualify, you could travel all over the world and, and, and get an event. Now it, it's three tiers. You know, you have the championship tour, which are the world's best surfers that are competing for the world title. You have now regional qualifying series where if you're a North American surfer, you stay close to home, you build up your points and your, your skill set. Um, if you're a, a South American surfer, the same, Australian surfer, the same, you all stay in your regions. And then each region qualifies a group of surfers to this middle tier, uh, the challenger series, which is sort of a fixed schedule, um, sort of more premium events. It's, it, it's, a, it's a set group of surfers. And that's the level that you find yourself at now. And you're trying to finish in the top 10 by the end of the year to qualify for the CT. You mentioned before, you might not have dealt with kind of the prior system because of your age and COVID and everything else. But have you thought about just the way it used to be versus the way it is now? And, and what are your thoughts, good and bad, about, about the current Challenger Series? Yeah, yeah. I've definitely like thought about it. And I think it's, I think it's pretty good for you know, for like everyone, I think it's great for everyone because like guys in their regions won't have to travel as far to do stuff. So maybe it can help with, maybe if you don't have as much money, you can keep it close in your region and, and not spend as much. So it's, it's good in that way. And honestly, like I thought coming into it, it was going to be like easier because you're not like surfing against everyone around the world, but Hmm. going into the regionals i kind of thought i was i was going to be able to just like breeze through it and then the first year i actually didn't even make it i came like 13th or 14th or something i missed out by like four spots i'm like damn like this is this is definitely hard like this is hard like everyone everyone rips from our region and and then i even look at the other regions i'm like everyone's gnarly on those regions too so so it was definitely like that being able to do those contests you like that helped me that like showed me like okay i gotta be like on my game at these events um and then that actually is it's cool too that you get to do those and then you're doing a lot of those contests and then when you get to the challengers you feel like you're ready because you're like okay cool like i got to just prepare and do these events that are just as gnarly as all the other events and almost like the same as the challengers and then the challengers you look at the challengers you're like okay i got my region and then i got four other re or five or six other regions that everyone rips too. So you, it just prepares you for the challengers, which is, I think is really great. You know, you've had a really strong year on the challengers already. You kicked off the year with a third at the boost mobile pro gold coast, you know, lost to eventual winner, Samuel Pupo. And then recently got a runner up at the U S open, you know, in the final, uh, which Eli Hanneman won. There's two more stops on this year's CS. We got Arisera and Sakurema. Are you are you thinking every day about potentially qualifying for the championship tour, or is it something you're trying to kind of keep out of your mind as you as you round the year out and, and make sure that you finish up in the top ten? Yeah, it's definitely like a thought that's came in like every single day, <laughs> like probably multiple times a day. Um, but I kind of I like it because. I'm right there and you know, I feel like I'm kind of hitting my potential mm. with contest surfing and I kind of have like a, a formula that's been working for me. So I'm just, honestly, I'm just excited. And, and this is, this is like such a special moment to be sitting in this position that I'm in. So I'm just honestly like enjoying it and enjoying this time of 
kind of being like, oh, I'm right there to qualify. You know, one of the things I think when you look at both yours and your brother's trajectory over the last few years, but something I want to get your take on, you know, as you move into the CT is, you know, you guys grew up in surfing and San Clemente has such a strong surf town. It's produced a number of championship tour surfers and in any sport, but I think particularly in surfing, there's the hero worship component, right? Where you're looking up at guys going like, oh my God, like I've been watching this person surf since I was a kid, um, whether in person or online, and now I have to compete against them. I think if you look at someone like Griffin and and his pathway over the last two years, it's amazing to see him go, yep, no, I'm, I'm now the guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Is that something that you think about just as you're coming up and, and going, man, I'm, I might have to surf against world champs. I might have to get surf against guys that, you know, I burnt the video part out watching it over and over again. And how do you deal with that when you go, well, I have to, I'm here to win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I honestly, I think it's, it'll, that will definitely like factor in, but it's kind of cool because um, just like going on the challengers, it it's kind of prepares you for the CT. And I think I've kind of almost dealt with that for the last like couple of years. I felt like I was kind of like still a Grom coming up and like, Oh, these guys have been doing it for a little bit and they're like older and they're gnarlier, you know, like, but now I'm kind of hitting that stride where I'm like, okay, like I'm not a Grom anymore. I'm 22. Like I'm here to win these events too. Like, like I'm, I'm not going to be treated like a Grom. So, right. So I think, I don't know, having that mindset and kind of being able for the, like letting the challengers kind of prepare you for that is super cool. Cause then it's kind of like when you, when I do get to the CT, you know, like, I kind of will have like the right way to think about it. And I've watched Griffin actually go through it from, you know, watching him look like a Grom and he was actually like, like still like treating himself kind of like a Grom and you could see it in the surfing. Then as soon as he kind of made the switch, that's when you could tell like, Oh, he's like matured and he looks like he's ready, you know, to win a world title. Makes a ton of sense. Well, we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to you rounding out the year. You know, before we go, we, we put out a feeler for questions from the Instagram community at, at the lineup pod. And um, man, we got a lot for you, but um, we've That's whittled it. them down <laughs> to uh, to just three. Um, first question is from at yeah. k.beachy who asks, what event on the CT are you looking forward to most? Ooh. Um, honestly, I think pipe. Pipe would be like just to get like if you got big pipe and everyone on the beach is there and you get to get a barrel and actually like get spit out in a contest. I think looks like it'd be the best thing. I've never really been able to have a contest where it's like barreling and you get to come out and get like a really big score and be able to claim it and every you can you know because Hawaii is so crazy you hear the beach like erupt when someone gets a barrel. So I think that would be like a crazy feeling. It's a good answer. Uh, next question is from at Trav O 22, who asks Crosby, who do you see as your biggest competition next year for the tour? I guess Ugh. once you're there, like, who do you think's the biggest threat? Um, I think the biggest set would be Griffin. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, I, it would be sick though. Like if we were able to get in heats together and like get a little brother, brother rivalry going, like I'd be like a lovely one though, you know, like a love love rivalry, but I think it'd be sick if we were uh, surfing against each other a couple times. I like it. All right. Well, one more question from the, the Instagram community. Um, at Jack Hoho Luck asks, 
would you be where you are today without your brother giving you the motivation? Oh, not even close. Honestly, I don't, I don't think I would be surfing still if, if it wasn't for Griffin. All right. Well, thank you to the Instagram community at the lineup pod. Thank you, Crosby, for that. We are down to the final segment. It is now time for the lightning round. These are 10 questions for you to answer as quickly as you can. Ooh, all right. If you can only have one board set up for the rest of your life, single fin, twin fin, thruster, quad bonzer, or finless, which would you choose? Uh, thruster. Coffee or tea? Um, coffee, for sure. Burrito or pizza? Probably burrito. Has a lot of, a lot of stuff inside. Best surf film ever? Um, for me, it's the Bruce movie. Great choice. Uh, one wave you never have to go back to. One wave I never have to go out back to. Uh, Virginia Beach. <laughs> uh, brother's wave now. Um, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you only get to surf one wave for the rest of your life, you could dream cast it, perfect conditions, just your buddies, whatever, which would it be? Um, one wave I have to surf. I think like maybe like perfect pipeline. It's a good choice. Yeah. Uh, best person to share a lineup with. Uh, best person to share a lineup with probably Griffin. Worst person to share a lineup with. Worst person to share. Ooh, put me on the spot here. Um, man, probably, I, probably like Italo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I be That's scared. fair. It, yeah. yeah. I don't think he takes it personally. He comes up a lot. Yeah. He gets a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Last one. Okay. Finish this sentence. I will next achieve a state of happiness by. Um, I'll achieve a state of happiness by enjoying every day. I love it. Crosby Colapinto, thank you so much for coming on the lineup. Congrats on your season so far on the Challenger Series. Good luck in the next couple of events. We hope to see you on the CT in 2024. And we look forward to seeing you and the rest of the community rally behind Griffin at the upcoming Rip Curl WSL Finals. Yeah, Dave. Thank you. Appreciate it. Fun talk. So that's it. That's the lineups conversation with San Clemente's Crosby Colapinto. I hope you enjoyed it. Crosby will next compete at the EDP Visla Aracera Pro from October 1st through the 8th, where he'll look to solidify his qualifying position for next year's Elite WSL Championship Tour. But first, Crosby will be in San Clemente with his hometown crew cheering on older brother Griffin in the upcoming world title deciding Rip Curl WSL Finals. The event window opens on Friday and will be broadcast live on worldsurfleague.com, YouTube, and the WSL app. Do not miss it. Today's episode is executive produced by Jed Pearson, Tim Greenberg, and myself, produced by Miguel Clemente with art direction by Jason Penning, and copywriting by Dan Willen with support from Gina Chachao. Thanks to them and thanks to our sponsors. We appreciate their support. The lineup acknowledges that is recorded and produced on the ancestor lands of the Chumash, the Kumaye, and the Wanneño native people. I hope you safely get some waves wherever you are, and we'll see you next Tuesday. WSLstore.com is powered by Shopify. 
We love the analytics we can check on the go. A lot of us are addicted to checking the Shopify app on our phones. We also love the automations and marketing integrations with our social and YouTube channels. It has incredible features to help us manage our global audience, including international taxation support and great shipping optionality. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lineup, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lineup now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash lineup. 